Hello, and welcome to the Simply Business interview series. I'm your host, John Jennings. You know, I believe most business owners are working way too hard for much too little. And uh, one of the issues I see is that we over-complexify things. Uh, and I believe that most of the answers are almost always within us or within our reach. And, and I always like to say that I'm a simple man, simple ideas. So welcome to my podcast, Simply Business. Today, I am joined by Isaiah Fritz who is the CEO and entrepreneurial founder of Online Selling Partner. Isaiah, thank you for, for joining us. Uh, why don't you kick us off by just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are and what you do. Thank you so much, uh, John. Appreciate being here uh, on the pod or the, the I, do you call this a podcast or you just call it like the series? It, you know, I, I call it whatever you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're pretty flexible. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I'm super pumped and thank you whoever's listening to this today. Um, so like John said, my name is Isaiah. I'm from Southern Indiana, right across the river from Louisville, Kentucky. So I don't know, John, do you hold that against me or like? Not, I don't not know. at all. I, I have my clients are on that side of the river. I'm not going to call it the sunny side of the river, but yeah. Anyway, so, so we're, we're pretty close. We're not too far away. And um, you know, I I, uh, I was born uh, two miles north of, of Louisville, Kentucky, and my business is seven miles north of Louisville, Kentucky. So it's pretty much the big city. So we get all the benefits of the big city without the big city. So it's really nice. And um, I started uh, when I was 15 years old uh, selling products on eBay and uh, then Amazon. I actually started on eBay. My parents did back in 99 just as a side hustle. And I started working with them. And um, when I was 11 years old, sold my first thing on eBay. And then I was 15, started my own business, uh, registered my LLC, did all that fun stuff. And um, so, and started on Amazon, which is primarily what we do today is we help manufacturers and brands uh, sell their products on Amazon. Um, you know, I started uh, just by flipping products on Amazon, but learned that I really wasn't really bringing any value to the companies that I work with. I was just leeching off of their brand by just, you know, buying and selling and arbitraging, which, which is great. Great to learn how to do business and learn from, uh, from there, but it wasn't really in my eyes, it wasn't super scalable uh, to the level of, of where we, where we haven't, where we're going instead of, you know, there's a lot of brands out there that are having real issues selling their products on Amazon. It's a hard marketplace. And so uh, what we do is we work as a channel arm for them. We still buy and sell their products like an, uh, another seller, but we're also doing the uh, account management uh, on Amazon, updating all the photos, the titles, the descriptions, going after SEO, uh, hitting the right uh, keywords, PPC advertising, um, all, all that stuff, and uh, getting them into prime shipping and, and making sure their logistics are 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 aligned or so that they can get their product to the customer as quickly as possible with, with Amazon prime. And we do all that uh, at no cost to the brands, just by buying the product and, and selling it and becoming their exclusive online uh, partner for, for Amazon. So it took a lot of iterations until we got to this business model. Um, but it seems to be working out really well for us. And uh, you know, I started with, some local Indiana companies. And now we're working with companies all over the world um, from New Zealand to Japan to 
uh, all a bunch of different states all over. So it's been quite a wild ride, but uh, I'm, I'm really you, uh, you blow my mind. You yeah, absolutely. I, I I'm not speechless very often, but I'm sitting here, you know, sitting across the virtual table from from someone yeah. who uh, you you started your first business at 15. I mean, yeah. I I mean, I, I guess I was in college when I started my first one and uh, I, and I didn't feel like I knew what I was doing then. Um, and yeah. just, just the level of, of maturity, just in our conversation and, and, and our brief conversation before, I'm just, just really blown away. By it. So your, your parents obviously have uh, an entrepreneurial bug as well. So did you, yeah. did you catch your, did you kept uh, catch this entrepreneurial bug naturally? Uh, you think, did it just, was it always there? That's a great question. So my mom uh, raised us. We're homeschooled, so that's you know another hack that we had that uh, right. people don't have, right? So you know it could be part of the curriculum. Might have been calculating eBay fees for math. So uh, <laughs> so we we definitely uh, I benefited from being homeschooled by a uh, entrepreneurial mom who's who's eBay on the side hustle, right? And right. then my uh, my dad, you know, he, uh, he had side hustles too, but he's always had a full-time, full-time, uh, nine to five job. Um, and then, but my grandpa, uh, my mom's dad, he, he's always been an entrepreneur his whole life. And he, uh, I started working with him when I was like 14, uh, doing flooring locally. And so I got to learn how to work and, uh, understand the concept of working for yourself and what was possible. I remember him saying like, you know, if, uh, if you want to make, you know, a thousand dollars a day, you can just do it. You just gotta, you just gotta, uh, you know, think that way. Like you want to, you want to make a thousand dollars a day, then you got to bid your jobs at a thousand dollars a day. And if you want to make a hundred dollars a day, you bid your jobs at a hundred dollars a day. And the person's brain is no bigger if they're, doing a hundred dollars a day or a thousand dollars a day. It's just whatever you choose, you know, to do. And, uh, and I remember little, uh, like he was in, influenced maybe by a little Napoleon Hill and Brian I, Tracy and a few other folks that have taught no, that. He, he never, uh, never was that think and grow rich type mentality. Um, it was just him from trial and error and yeah. learning. Like, he figured it out. He, that's what he, he figured out. He doesn't really read books or anything, but um, he was very hands-on, you know, you know, in, in the trenches type of entrepreneur and had his own flooring store and everything. And now I actually work with him, and we, uh, we build houses together and, and we have a partnership, which is pretty, pretty sweet to be able to, to continue to be working with them. But, um, but yeah, it's, I think, you know, if, you know, my mentality was like, Hey, if you look at uh, some of these very successful people like Jeff Bezos or, um, you know, Elon Musk or whatever. And you, and you know, what I started studying and saying, okay, how do I work backwards from there? If I want to be successful, you know, you know, you want to figure out how do you work backwards from success and, and figure out how to do it for yourself. If, if you know, this person's making a thousand dollars a day or $10,000 a day or a hundred thousand dollars a day, how do you just work backwards from there and, and, and figure out what they're doing and, and then figure out how you can, how you can do it too. So I'm not saying I'll ever get to Bezos level, but I definitely. Uh, You're off uh, to a pretty good start. Definitely, 
you know, study a lot of that stuff and try to figure out how to how to get better and better and better as we continue to go down uh, this this business path. And and it's pretty, pretty amazing. Every day you, you learn something new and constantly adjusting. And and I think so many people out there are trying to figure out, hey, this is I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do it exactly this way. And, and I'm going to make all this money when I think in reality, you just got to figure out what the what the market wants and you just got to fill the need in the market. You know, I never planned or imagined that I would be building houses and I never planned or imagined that I would be uh, doing this business model. You know, like if you would ask me five years ago or eight years ago, but just constantly say, Hey, here's a need in the market. It's a big opportunity. Why don't I go after this need in the market? Yeah. You hit on something really good there about just reacting to something and, and how there have been so many surprises um, along yeah. the way. What what has been the biggest surprise for you as as a and not picking on you being young, but a young business owner? Um, what what's been the biggest surprise to you coming into this kind of corporate world, so to speak, of, of running a business, entrepreneurial as it may be? Um, my biggest surprise has been. Uh, it's really hard because there's always always surprises but it would probably have something to do with people like um my perception of what it would be like to have people working under me and hiring employees versus reality because you know nobody in my family has built a company to you know i've had 35 plus employees you know that's you know, I, I never, never didn't have any experience. I, I don't have like a lot of people close to me that I know that run businesses with 35 employees. So I've had to just kind of figure it out as a, a went. And then now I have a lot of mentors and business friends that have companies a lot larger than me. So now, you know, now I can kind of see, oh, okay, you know, I'm not the only one and and, and kind of get advice from them. But, um, but yeah, I would say, you know, uh, they always say hire people smarter than you. I totally agree with that. Um, definitely hire people more mature than you, smarter than you. And I remember going to clients at 18 years old, trying to sell a corporate client and they're like, get it out of my office. Who are you? <laughs> but, you know, so try to hire mature people to to go on your sales calls with you. So you right. Know, things stupid. And, you know, I still say a lot of things stupid um, on sales calls, <laughs> but, but anyway, it's. Must not be too uh, stupid. Uh, so, so tell me about maybe, uh, one of those significant challenges you faced here in, in your business and, and what you did to kind of overcome it. I know you've shared a couple of things with me earlier. What, uh, what, what's a, a challenge that probably some other business owners might face as well? Yeah. So every day when I wake up in the morning, there's a new challenge, right? So, um, I think, I think this is a really good topic for general, for business owners. And I, I know we talked about a little bit before, is making sure that you have some sort of structure and operating system if you have a multiple employee um, organization and then and then focusing on teamwork. Uh, and that's been really a lesson for me like over the last 12 to 18 months of setting up and, and figuring out. Um, so we use EOS, which is the Entrepreneur Operating System uh, popularized by a book called Traction by Gina Wickman and we really uh, follow that religiously, uh, you know, the uh, setting it up and 
and trying to trying to follow an actual operating system it's be, become a lot more clear like for example for those who, who don't know what i'm talking about like we it starts off having an annual meeting where you really get down and you define uh, in your animal what is your vision what is your values what is your core focus what is you know what are what makes your company unique what is your um when you get down to your to your uh your core uh culture like what values do you hire and fire upon like what makes you different than 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 other organizations um and then really, really defining your accountability chart is is a term they have which is kind of like an org chart but defining what does each person in the organization what are they accountable for because there's a lot of ambiguity as you're just hiring people to fill spots and fill roles you're not necessarily defining their accountability and then with an entrepreneur you're constantly changing your business and it's like okay jill you used to do that but now you're going to do this and then they're kind of like oh is that my job or is that not my job and then so really taking the time to define accountability but also being open to change that accountability ad hoc right so as as your business grows and changes quickly like ours has and you're hiring and you're firing and all these things are happening that you that we have a fluid accountability chart that is being changed all the time but just having an accountability chart where it kind of shows like we just made major changes to our accountability chart um this week where you know we're pulling people from here and we're we're uh putting them in, in different positions and we're moving people and and you know we try not to make major changes every month but maybe once a quarter or whatever we re-look at it and say okay do we need to to make make changes on, on accountability so Defining that and then also uh, defining a really good scorecard for your business, something that you can look at weekly on like, hey, these are the numbers that you don't want to wait until your P&L gets, gets calculated at the end of, of the month. And then you got two weeks until your books close. And then it's like, oh, wow, we are way out of line where we thought we were going to be for that month. But you want to catch that stuff early. So you want to see where are your, how many sales did you make that week? Or, you know, you want to get down to the nitty gritty of weekly scorecard in your business to and 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 okay it's great to have that but then the other problem we had is we weren't watching it it's like you mm -hmm. can set up the accountability you can set up i'm the, laughing because i've seen this so many times yeah this is just normal right uh especially with crazy entrepreneurs like myself and so you say okay all right we set up a scorecard great it's like okay well what doesn't get watched doesn't get done as you know john yes so you have to you have to watch it and uh, uh, so making sure you're having weekly meetings where you're focused, you're not getting distracted or on tangents or anything, and you're focused on what are our numbers and what is our key issues. And then, okay, after a lot of businesses, I know we suffered from um, a lot of talk, no action type of thing. Yeah. So you can talk about an issue, but when you actually get down and say, okay, we're going to solve this issue. We're going to, we're going to, this is the moment we're going to solve this issue. We're going to create a to-do and then give that to-do to somebody. And then they're going to be accountable next meeting. You know, we're going to, we're going to call you on it. Joe, did you call that supplier and fix that? Yes or no? You know, instead of lingering for months, you know? So that's been a huge turning point in our, in our business is, is making sure we have a good structure um in an operating system is like uh, eos calls it um but then the other big thing i've been working on this is more recent is focusing on uh team building and trust and i i think this is something that you're very passionate about john and i as well especially recently 
is I had a scenario where I, I was I was having one-on-ones. That's another thing. I think that uh, you should have scheduled one-on-ones with your employees um, in uh, uh, ex- especially one or two levels down from you at a regular interval, even if it's once a quarter, um, just to make sure that, and, and make sure you're asking the right questions. Like, are you happy with your job? Right. Cause I've had like random people like just leave. And it's like, why did you leave? It's like, well, I wasn't happy at my job. It's like, well, how do I find out if you're happy? Well, you should have asked. And I was like, well, I guess I never really did ask, you know, <laughs> and yeah. when you, when you actually ask someone, are you happy with your job or, um, it's amazing how many people don't ask the basic questions, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For and me, some of that may be just afraid of the answer too. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes people might just be afraid of what what they're going to hear. Uh, and the other awesome question you need to ask your employees often is, "Where do you see yourself in six months? Yeah, where do you see yourself in a year? Because, you know, and then you can kind of understand. Oh, wow, this is what I want. And then also ask them like, "What does success look like to you in your job?" You know, just asking these very, very basic, simple questions at regular intervals, your employees will feel like they've been heard, which is huge because a lot of employees don't feel like they're heard. And there will also, it will set that expectation between you to the employee and then the employee to you. To, and to and what you're doing is you're, you're, you're setting the foundation for that trust relationship yep. so, so that they know that they can come to you. You know, there's, I we talked about trust earlier and it just, there's so... It's such a critical component uh, to the culture of an organization. If if you don't, and you know Pat Lencioni, we talked about that him earlier. His all of his stuff will tell you, you know, five dysfunctions of a team. And if you if you're not building your culture on the foundation of trust, you're you're not going to go anywhere. Uh, and, and boy, we see that as a problem. And, and I applaud you for and facing it head on. Uh, very very mature of you. Very, uh, I mean, just how anti-entrepreneurial that is <laughs> to have that approach. Uh, uh, so you're, I'm, I'm quite impressed with that. Um, yeah. And going back to what you're saying about Patrick in his books, like five dysfunction or five temptations of a, of a CEO or four extraordinary or four obsession of this extraordinary executive, you know, all these books that he has are great talks about uh, team players. Like, what do you want to see? It, so many, so many people talk about, Hey, you know, I got to hire somebody based off of their resume. They did this, they did that. But how many people really evaluate people based off? Are they a team player? Right. Are they, are they humble? I think humility is one of the most overlooked uh, values that every executive and employees must embrace to an extraordinary level um, is humility. Because if you don't have humility, then you're not comfortable saying you're wrong. You're not comfortable to constantly improve. You're not comfortable letting other people have conflict with you or disagree with you. So making sure that that your company, that's one of our core values is humility, right? Mm. So that, that we make sure that our people, we, we try to create a culture of humility so that we know, hey, yeah, it's okay to say we're wrong. We I want to hear when I'm making a mistake. I want to hear um, when you have a problem with me and that just really builds that trust. And, and a lot of people, you know, they think trust is like, okay, I trust you, um, that you're going to, you're going to make the sales number. It's like, that's not the trust I'm talking about. I'm trying to, are you, um, open to being vulnerable with me? 
Are you open to telling me about your mistakes? Are you open to getting yourself out of the way for the good of the company, right? Like those are the things like the, the vulnerability type trust that your your company must have. And I, I mean, to be frank, to be honest, like I've been learning that um, some of the people in my organization had trust issues with some of their direct reports and, and, and other people. So, you know, we've been working through trust exercises and saying like, hey, let's let's get vulnerable with one another. Let's have sessions where, you know, those people that have trust issues can sit down and, and say, hey, let me get tell you about some of my mistakes and, and reciprocate with your mistakes. And hey, can you give me honest feedback? You know, where, where do I need to, what do I need to fix? What do I need to do better? And in creating that culture and that environment like that, you could be working with the same team for 15, 20 years and have never done an exercise like that. And then realize like, wow, you know. Yeah. Hey, here's a little statistic for you. 92% of people would trust their leader more if they would just admit their mistakes. Wow. That's that's a great, great statistic. Love it. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. Well, I tell you, I could talk to you all day long uh, and I, I hope we get to talk some more, but uh, yes. I, I, let, let's wrap up with one thing. You've already given some great nuggets, man. I, I, big believer in an operating system. I've, I've used, I use EOS. I use um, a couple of the other platforms depending on, I, I'm, I'm not sold into one. I, I think yeah. I, I'm one of those, like, if it's a fit, let's go with it. Right. And so I, I use two or three different platforms. But I love it. I love the operating system concept. I love the trust and culture part. Um, and, you know, just the fact that, I mean, you, you, you'd be surprised how many business owners I talk to that will never mention one of their values. And I think you mentioned one or two of your values just in the discussion today. Yeah, it's huge. That, yeah, that, you that, have that, to it, really talk about them a lot, too. Yeah, I think don't talk about them. People don't know they're there. It's amazing. It's yeah, so it's, amazing. Uh, I'd love you to give give one one nugget, one one um, piece of advice to aspiring entrepreneurs, especially since you're, man, you're just an incredibly uh, gifted young entrepreneur. And I know uh, in the Gen Z world, uh, most of them want to be entrepreneurs. Yeah, so, of course. Uh, the, uh, by far, uh, this generation of yours wants to be entrepreneurs more than any other. So what what advice would you give to someone who's thinking about starting a business or just dreaming of that, doing that one day? What would you say? Yeah, I would say, uh, I, I, you know, it's kind of a three-pronged thought I have is one thing is uh, try it, you know, do it, you know, crawl, walk, run, right? You know, start with, uh, you know, let's say you want to get in, you see an opening in, in uh, whatever your skill sets, you know, if you're in IT and you're a programmer and you're, you know, you go on Reddit and say, Hey, I can make you a little program and try to get your first customer or whatever, you know, just, just do it. Don't sit there and plan and figure out, this is what I'm going to do. Just figure out what the market wants you to do. And, and then you, you make a plan from there. So, you know, just, just put yourself out there, see if you can figure out what the market wants, you know, start knocking on doors. If you're more of a physical person and, and you go to them and you say, Hey, uh, what, uh, uh, do you need done around your house? You know, and you might think they need their, their uh, lawn mode, but in reality, they might want you to trim their trees. You know, you never know. So you got to figure out what, what works for you. Uh, two is be humble. Right. And I think this kind of goes into the same thing as so many people are, you know, have big egos and they're like, Hey, I'm going to do it this way or that way. 
But if you're humble, it's going to help you in so many different ways. Is is and that and that's from experience because I'm a naturally prideful person, right? And that's something I had to battle with in the beginning because I was so prideful, and I, you know, anybody say anything good about me, I would get my head puffed up and all that stuff. But you know, in reality, if you stay humble and you realize that there's always somebody better than you, and there's always uh, room for you to improve, you'll excel a lot farther and a lot faster. And if you look at the most successful people in the world and listen to them talk and everything, they're usually very humble people. Um, and so I, I never forget that, you know, and, and I think as soon as you get your, your eye off the ball, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna fail, right? Your pride's right. gonna be the best of you, right? Because pride comes before the fall. The other thing, the other third thing I would say is understand your why and what what is your reason for becoming an entrepreneur right um if it's just you know being uh uh because you you think it's going to be easier than a 95 job it's not i'll tell you right then so amen if, if you think that being an entrepreneur is going to be easier and that's your why then stop right where you're at and just get yourself a really good high paying corporate job because right. it it's it's going to be a better life for you and you're going to have that that guaranteed income um, if you want to do it just because you want to get rich and make a lot of money, uh, uh, then you need to really understand why do you want to get rich? Why do you want to make a lot of money? Because if you want to make, if you want to get rich and have a lot of money just to, uh, uh, you know, spend it on yourself and, and be selfish, that also goes back to the humility question. It's like, you're going to be so self-centered. You're not going to be focused on customers. You're not going to be focused on on really achieving true success, which is uh, living for others. So I think uh, uh, going back to understanding um, why you want to to do this, and then if you if your whys are right, then be humble and do it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you'd be you won't be surprised because I, I I know you already. You won't be surprised how many people come to me and say, "Here's my why," and they'll show a picture like of their kids. Or, or something like that, or their house or, or something. And I'm like, I'm not going to buy from you just because you have mouths to feed. We all have mouths to feed. You know, it's, it, that's, that's not a compelling why. Uh, you, you understand what a compelling why is. Uh, so many entrepreneurs don't. Well, Isaiah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You are an inspiration. Uh, it was awesome meeting you today. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away. I, I don't get him blown away very often, but I'm blown away today, just to be honest. Uh, and so I, I, I truly appreciate your time. I look forward to getting to know you better. Uh, and to, to anybody that's joining us, uh, you, you've been given a, a real gift today. Hopefully you've been inspired. Uh, hopefully you're motivated to go out and do that. If, if the, this young man can do it, you can too. He's giving you some, some really sage, sage words of advice. Uh, I look forward to seeing you. Uh, on a future uh, podcast. And if you want to connect with me, uh, uh, contact me on any of the social media platforms. I love to love to make contact with people. Uh, Isaiah, thanks again. It's been it's been a real blessing today. Absolutely. It's an honor for me to be on here with you, John, and to be with someone local, which is great on their podcast. And I would say for anybody listening out there, love to meet you. Uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn, Isaiah Fritz. I'm the first Isaiah Fritz that usually comes up so uh, definitely click on that on LinkedIn, click the follow button, click the connect button, and uh, I'll try to get back with you with any of your messages. All right. Thanks again.